Hello everyone, I'd like to welcome you to Rad Real Estate. Each episode you'll join me while I do a deep dive into various topics related to selling and buying real estate. I'll talk about the state of the market, how to negotiate a contract, getting a home ready to sell, what to look for when buying, how to buy with a builder and what to expect from them, what's in the economic news, market trends, and how it all relates to real estate. I'm your host, Richard Dombrowski, and this is Rad Real Estate. Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me on this inaugural episode of Rad Real Estate. Let's jump right in. Today, I'd like to start by giving you a little of my background history, which hopefully will help explain what makes me an expert in real estate. It all started in 1994 when I went to work for Centex as an on-site salesperson. Uh, Working for a home builder was something that I kind of wanted to do only because a friend of mine was doing it, said great things about the company and about the position, and it was intriguing. And I had always liked real estate, um, but just never really jumped into it. So I started as an on-site salesperson, and um, I quickly decided that I wanted to further my career in that business. So I went to the division president and asked how I could go about getting trained in other departments, and I got an opportunity to go to work on the construction side. I started as a basically a runner or a, a grunt, an assistant for a few superintendents in a community here in the Tampa area and then I was given my own batch of homes to build for customers and and when we say build what we mean when we're talking about uh, national home builders and building out a big volume is that we oversee the process we don't actually swing a hammer maybe we'll caulk some things and do some small items but really what that what that entails is scheduling building relationships with the vendors and suppliers so that they continue to do what you need them to do to get the home built and completed you're also the liaison between the builder company and the buying customer Uh, it's a it's a complicated position because You have to maintain those relationships with your vendors and suppliers and still hold them to task when they're not doing what they need to be doing, like showing up and getting the job done. And then you have to turn around and and put on a wonderful customer service hat when your buyer comes into your trailer and they have questions or concerns or what have you. So it's always a challenging position. In any event, I went from that to handling all of the warranty in, a, in one particular community, which was a large community. And uh, that gave me a tremendous amount of insight into that side of the business. Then I got to be a project manager and handle, with help, handle all of the aspects of getting a community up and running and out of the ground. And, and starting the sales process and and all that goes along with that. And then I 
moved into a director of sales and marketing position, so I moved into management, and then continued that path. So I stayed in management until I finally became a division president in 2006, and then in 2007, at the end of that year, as the market was crumbling, uh, I laid off about 75 people, and then I was laid off. Then I jumped into real estate, general real estate. Um, it was a time when there were short sales happening, and that was primarily the, the way the business was going. Uh, there were very few standard sales. Everybody was upside down on their mortgage. I'll explain what a short sale is in a bit, but uh, that's where I got my start in general real estate. And within six months of getting into the real estate business, I was the number one listing real estate agent in Florida. I had 325 listings, probably 322 of them were short sales. And uh, it was an interesting business. It made me feel old at the time because the language was completely new. There were new terms to learn, new processes, new procedures. And jumping into a company that was already existing, I had to figure out the best ways to operate that business so that we were efficient. Because we were getting 35 offers a week on these homes and having to process all that paperwork. And uh, and then uh, nine years ago, I opened Bay Realty of Florida, my own company, and decided I was going to work for myself. And so since then, uh, I've been in the black, I'm proud to say, and making money all the way through. So it's it's been really a great ride. And uh, here we are. Well, folks, that represents my entire recent resume. Um, and and here we sit in a market that's getting a little bit crazy. And that is due largely in part to the fact that the interest rates are rising. And interest rates are rising to stave off inflationary effects of the economic policies that exist currently. And, th and that's just a fact. That's just how things work. Inflation is getting crazy. Uh, we're seeing it in a number of different ways. So interest rates go up. We're right around 6% right now. And if we look at a year ago when we we're in the mid twos, two and a half percent, two and three quarter percent, somewhere around there, that's a big difference. And what that's done is it's pushed a lot of people out of the market that would have otherwise been able to purchase a home. Let's take a look at the recent history and we'll kind of compare that to what was happening when the market shifted, you know, back in 2005 through eight um, when we were in the recession back then. Um, one of the key indicators in the real estate business is inventory. Um, they talk about a month's supply of inventory. How many months' supply of inventory do you have? Well, the way that that's calculated is they say if we stopped putting homes on the market today and we're just selling 
at our current pace, how long would it take to sell everything that's on the market? Well, four months ago, that was a one-month supply. So it would have taken just one month to sell every home that was on the market. Well, three months ago, it was about three-quarters of a month supply. Uh, two months ago, it was a two-month supply. Today, we're sitting at a three-month supply of inventory. Now, that is historically low. Don't get me wrong. But it's a trend that is moving in a direction that would indicate that there's a, an adjustment happening in the market. Uh, so, so if we look at now, dive into statistics for Tampa as an example, the, the Tampa Bay area, which consists of Tampa, Clearwater, St. Pete, uh, we currently have 47,469 active listings. Actually, that is as of the end of August. Um, that is an increase of 37% from the month prior. So in July, we had 34,727 listings. And then in August, 47,469. It's also an increase from last year where we had about 33,700 listings. So what that tells us, because those are active, that's a status in the MLS, meaning that those homes are available for sale. That just means that there may be more homes coming on the market, but rather it is likely due to the fact that um, homes are sitting for a longer period of time. Uh, the average days on market has gone from um, 18 days last year to 20 days this year. Still seems pretty, pretty low, but that two days can make a big difference. Um, a lot of people are seeing that we're at a peak in the market, so they say, well, I better, if I'm going to sell, I better do it now before the interest rates push it out, uh, push people out of the market too much, or before the market starts turning down. Everybody wants to sell on the high. Uh, the reality is, is that if you sell on the high and you need to buy, you're going to go buy on the high as well. So that's an interesting dichotomy. We'll talk about that in future episodes. Um, pending sales are up uh, 7% from last year. Um, it's, I would say that's not such a great big difference. 22,637 pending sales last year versus um, 21,160 this year, uh, last month in August. Um, now that's a 12% increase from July of, of this year as well. So um, we have more homes that have gone pending. And part of that is because sales prices are being adjusted. So you adjust the sales price down, you get more people under contract. So that's just how it works. Um, brand new active listings or brand new listings. In August, we had 21,285 listings uh, versus July, we had 23,056 listings. And if you look at the number August 
2022 versus August of 2021. It's about the same. Not that big, not that big a difference. Now, a, a, a big difference is in the sold listings. So if you look at the number of sold listings this year in August, we had, so that means closed. Um, closed homes, 16,230 versus last year, uh, 18,860. So we've got a 14% decline in the number of closed homes this August versus last August. So that's that's kind of a big difference. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of other uh, statistics I won't bore you with, but um, the big ones are, uh, or the big one is, the months of inventory that we have currently, and that's three months versus that number. Three months, four months ago was just one month. So we're definitely on the rise there. That's going to create a whole bunch of trepidation for sellers out there. Buyers are going to start to feel like that maybe there's some light at the end of the tunnel for them. Uh, but, you know, that'll remain to be seen. So now you may ask, what's on the horizon, at least in the immediate future? And I think that the trend will likely continue but it's a little bit challenging to get our arms around it because we're kind of in unprecedented territory. Um, the This tends to be a typically slow time in our market in Florida. Um, people turn their attentions toward getting their kids in school and all that goes along with that. So as a, in a broad sense, we slow down. Then come October, things start to pick up again. Uh, people might say that the end of the year was our slowest, but I'm, I'm here to tell you that the statistics don't prove that out. People are still willing to purchase uh, and sell in, in advance of the holidays. Uh, they want to get in before the holidays. They want to get out before the holidays. And then it, it just a finish the thought there, our market tends to speed up again in January because we have an influx of snowbirds that come down and they make purchases. That's like the first pebble in the in the pond and that reverberates out through the rest of the market. It stimulates the rest of the market. Our busiest time of the year in Florida would be right at the end of the school year. And that's when people are saying, oh, okay, school's done or nearly done. I need to turn my attention toward getting into a home and selling mine before the new school year starts. Maybe they're thinking about getting into a different school district, or maybe their family's just growing and they want to get into a bigger home or smaller home or whatever the case may be. Uh, Kids moving off to college and and those types of things. So those are all things that, that I think the general market, not everybody obviously, the general market, uh, thinks about, and that's why the market is stimulated so much during the first months of summer, the final months of spring. Uh, but so, what's going to happen in this market in the near future is going to be I think we're going to start building our inventory or continue to build our inventory, and that's going to put some downward pressure on pricing. We'll continue to see 
price decreases uh, because people were trying to take advantage of those high prices that their neighbors might have gotten. And those days might be behind us, at least in in a broad sense. There are some pockets where there's still very limited inventory, so those are going to still achieve those uh, multiple offers. And if somebody underprices their home, in fact, there there was just a situation I was working on with a client where they were looking at a home, and it was priced below market, in my opinion, and it got a lot of attention, and it received seven offers, and six of them were well over list price. So those situations and circumstances are still going to happen, but they're just not going to happen as much before almost any home you put on the market, you're going to experience that phenomenon. In fact, I, I had to create a spreadsheet for my selling clients to let them know all of the nuances of the multiple offers that we had received because some would have a waiver of uh, appraisal or a partial waiver, waiver of the appraisal gap between the purchase price and the appraised value. Um, there were people that were doing no inspection period or a very abbreviated inspection period. We had people that were doing a, um, they were doing a no finance contingency. So the buyer was taking the whole burden on themselves and putting their deposit at risk so that they could purchase the home and take that risk out of the mind and out of the transaction for the seller. Um, and these were all ways that, and there were more than just that, but these were all ways that the buyers were getting creative and submitting offers and making themselves look as attractive as possible. A little footnote is that some buyers, many, many buyers, were submitting a letter, a personal letter, along with their their offer. And that personal letter told how well they were going to take care of the house and how well it had been taken care of and and to try and the the point was to try and tug at the heartstrings of the seller to try and get them to to accept their particular offer but that didn't always work i mean uh, in theory it sounds nice but i think the majority of the time the sellers were just saying you know what I appreciate the letter, but at the at the end of the day, it has to be the best deal for me. And by the way, best, in quotes, did not always necessarily mean highest price. Sometimes you had a little bit of a lower price, but the terms were far better. Quicker close, no inspection, whatever the case may be. And that pushed that particular offer into the onto the top of the pile. And uh, they were accepted by sellers, so that was that was definitely a uh, a unique strategy, but a good one uh, for sure. So again, I think what we're moving into now is a little bit more of a traditional market, and of course, my crystal ball is only partially shined up. We'll see if I'm right or if I'm wrong, but. Uh, it, it sure feels that way, that, um, like I said before, homes are staying on the market a little bit longer. Uh, prices are being reduced on listings at a more frequent uh, pace. And, um, and we're slowing down, which 
I haven't said slowing down in years. So uh, I think for the overall market, that's a good thing. I would hope that interest rates would come down uh, so that first-time home buyers and others will get that benefit of being able to to finance a home at a comfortable rate. Uh, indicators currently are, indi- are are showing that interest rates may come down a little bit. So fingers crossed, we'll see how that goes. But I want to thank you for joining me on this inaugural uh, episode of my podcast and I hope it's been informative Um, as we go forward I'll be talking more about market statistics and and specifics rather than uh, a primary focus on me and my background just wanted to give you all an idea of where I've come from and again what makes me an expert in the field Uh, thanks for joining and we'll see you next time This has been a Rad Real Estate podcast in cooperation with Bay Realty of Florida, LLC, a Florida-based real estate company. Episodes are written, directed, and edited by Richard Dombrowski. The views expressed on this podcast are the opinions of the host and guests of the show and should not be used to make financial decisions or in buying or selling real estate. To find out more information, contact the host directly at radrealestate at gmail.com. The theme song is Action by Cube Sounds and can be found on Pixbay.